What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Like most things in life, and most of what I come in here to tow towards a balance that I have recognized that needs striking. And what's on my mind today is another one of those topics that call for balancing without one side standing out as the obvious overall strategy to maintain as much as I would love that. Any one side is almost ineffective without the other side influencing its weight. So the part of me that likes to find definitive Here's the best way to be in this case has to compromise with yet another delicate part of our human existence that demands the striking of balance between the push and pulls of both sides to maximize effectiveness. And what I'm talking about today is something we flirted with on much earlier episodes, which is allowance for negative emotion in healthy amounts that actually serve as an addition or enhancement to positive emotion. And counterintuitively, as much as we attempt to minimize negative emotion, I am wondering if there is a cost to over-minimizing that indirectly blunts positive emotion. I say this because I am a master at keeping myself occupied and numb to emotion most of the times. And obviously, I'm not totally convinced this isn't the right strategy because on a day-to-day basis, I don't exactly see and I don't extract much productivity out of delving into negative emotions or allowing negative thoughts, the space to breathe. Usually I have the ability to control my thoughts because I actively redirect them toward something else. Obviously during times of rumination and undirected moments, the negative thoughts can creep in. But for me, those moments are so far and few between based on how tragically busy I keep my mind with activities that those Few moments of feeling negativity is often welcomed and usually a source of inspiration for episodes such as these. In my appreciation of the bounded room for negative emotion that I allow that shines a light on what is possibly broken, what sticks out to me, what is unresolved, what was missed, what is undefined and giving me general anxiety and begging for for clarity and all other forms of negativity that show up because those moments give me direction. I just know that once they do point at something, it doesn't help to stay with them in the state where they can clearly see the problem. 
because it doesn't feel good, nor do I think the solution lies in that feeling where I can clearly see the problem. But oh, how glad I am still for those feelings and for that awareness to see the problems. So that delving into the negative emotion that allows the problem to present itself, to see what's wrong, to see the friction. So I'm still glad for those feelings. And for someone who minimizes negative emotions, I often wonder if there's some fear tied to that and if making room for them would ultimately help me catch up and clear my negative emotion inbox. I think maybe I'm so afraid to open up that tap because of the pressure that might flow through that I only leave room for the ones that manage to seep through. But like Naval Ravikant, who we've talked about on a previous podcast, if I sat for an hour a day with myself and just thought about things, maybe over the course of a few years, I may integrate all these restrained emotions that's natural to be there if you're a human being. We all collect hurts throughout our lives and leave 90% of it unclear and unresolved which keeps us stuck in our patterns and away from the lives that we are meant to live. And it takes room to resolve them. Space. But they need space that is honored and not random space that comes up in your day because they may not be productive that way. And I also was thinking about this because for the past few months, I've been taking and cycling ashwagandha, which is a Ayurvedic route for my cortisol level. It helps reduce stress. They consider anyone with stress for four days or more to be under chronic stress. And your levels of cortisol that rise with chronic stress damage your body on all different types of levels, speeds up aging, all different types of things. I'm not a doctor, but it's like your body is in go mode the entire time. And for this, I've been taking this natural substance and it's well known and documented for lowering cortisol. And again, I'm not a doctor, so don't listen to me. I'm just a guy on a podcast, especially now that I'm changing my mind on this and I'm stopping taking this route because I'm realizing that decreased cortisol, decreased stress, which comes from increasing serotonin levels, which is obviously associated with feelings of contentment, hence it lowers stress, it also has a cost. And the cost of lower cortisol, higher serotonin, which means the cost of less stress and less negative emotion, this effect that's induced by ashwagandha, this route that I've been taking, is costing me by blunting the drive for accomplishment, the dopamine levels 
that work inversely to serotonin, the contentment levels. It makes sense, right? You want to lower your stress and feel more content. That contentment comes at a cost of wanting more. That's literally the definition of contentment. Again, the same dilemma we've talked about with peace and progress. Dopamine is in opposition to serotonin. So when you feel peace, you chemically blunt progress. And you can only manage this as we've discussed before, which is by having micro progress and macro peace. Impatience in the now and patience in the future. And that happens when you let life take the natural course and let these chemical levels balance through the course of a naturally productive life. I mean, let's think about it. You start out your life in your youth in high drive accomplishment mode, fueling dopamine, and that high drive slowly allows you to build status, adding to your serotonin levels as you start earning a place in society and among your peers. And hopefully, you become enough of a functioning human being to attract love and a mate and feel oxytocin, as well as friends and other forms of belonging. And now you're balancing all three fundamental sanity hormones. A well-lived life balances all. And it doesn't include or exclude anything or even consider it negative or positive. Instead, it just considers it a part of you. In all of this pursuit through your youth, you experience it all, but it's not categorized as negative or positive. It's just a part of becoming of you. And the exclusion of any emotions is the exclusion of crucial data for guidance, crucial things needed to become you. And I'm all for maintaining a positive state of mind as to only attract the deliberate things to me from the state that I work to maintain. So one thing I'm challenging myself to do, like the meditation example that I mentioned before, is explore negative emotions, but at a dedicated time in a way to keep enough distance from them while exploring them so they don't disturb the state of being I'm in. So they don't just pop up in the middle of my day and seep in and seep through. I recognize that remaining completely numb and blind to them, to my negative emotions, is not a strategy. And some desperately seep through regardless. So I realize there is a different strategy that's called for. When this entire episode with my father's health started and was new to my family, in the beginning, it was so much to process that I implemented a strategy I learned with my sister to dedicate one hour a day in the evening to process and talk about whatever it is that we were thinking about. Our fears, worries, doubts, just crying. It was important because if not for a dedicated time, bad thoughts and feelings can easily take over the entire day and get in the way of work that needs to get done in living a regular life. And in that way, you also give solace to your mind when inevitable sporadic thoughts that come up during the day 
to know that there will be a time later in the day for them to get the attention that they are seeking. So they simmer down. I've been put in this position at other times in my life where the strategy begged to be implemented or the information coming my way could completely throw off my day and my energy. So just for sanity's sake, no matter how difficult it was to restrain the kind of information that I know will come to me later in the day and that could be devastating, I had to segment and compartmentalize that part of my day to the processing so as to save the rest of my day from being infected. And in that same way, we need to give dedicated time to the feelings begging for us to be addressed. They aren't going away and they will haunt us and show up in all other activities if not managed with a clear strategy. And ignoring them is not the one. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. We are here to do the work. The neglecting of it has costs that hold us back from the beauty we are here to manifest. This is the paradox. Through the sludge into the promised land. Marry the night, birth the day. Such is life, my family. Love you always.